The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to the Freaky Friday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, the illustrious, the sexy, Scott Alexander. And right across from me is the one, the only, the beast from the east, Jacob Matthew Alexander. Say hi, Jake. Hello, it's me. How's everybody day going? <coughs> Hopefully fabulous. It's Friday, right? It's Friday. It's the end of the work week for most. And if you guys aren't doing, if, you, if it's not Friday for you, technically, well, uh, just know that you'll have this to listen to when you get back home. Man, that's true. Or at work, you know. Or, at work. Or, if or you're, watching porn or masturbating. Whoa, whatever. watching whatever porn. And you thought my comments were crude. So check this out, man. I have got for you guys, because I actually researched this one myself. This is for the researchers and you, the most messed up, convoluted story for our Freaky Fetish Friday. I'm, I'm intrigued. I am, too. We're going to give you guys the Mr. Thomas Quick, a.k.a. the Hannibal Lecter of Sweden. Thomas Quick. Does that mean he was a quick shot? Creek, 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 creek. You hear the crickets? <laughs> yeah. That's your <laughs> joke. Oh, come on. At least he's not a two-second shot. In the 1970s in Sweden, it was, it was a much simpler time. It was still illegal to get an abortion. There were only a few TV channels, and homosexuality was still considered a medical condition, a which medical, was here in the U.S. too, by the way. A medical illness, exactly. Yeah, it was in the DSM um, up until within the last, like, 10 years when it got removed from the DSM. The and country was, uh, was, by and large, conservative. Almost all of the businesses were closed on Sunday, and the streets were rolled up by about 8.30 at night. It was the land of perfection. Most, <laughs> pe- At least most people would say. There are plenty of blondes to go around with their sculpted bodies and willingness to please. In 1992, a mental patient came forward in therapy. He told his doctor that he liked fucking little boys, which was his words. Whoa. Then filling them and eating parts off their bodies. Whoa. Well, that, that that escalated really quick. <laughs> yes, it did. Like, so, holy shit. Check this out. His shrink shrugs it off. You know, he thought that his patient was lying. After all, you know, he's crazy. He's in a, he's in a nut hut. He's in a mental institution. Whoa. He, he thinks that the person who said, yeah, I like to fuck little kids and eat their bodies. Yeah, he's, uh, crazy. you know what? He's just, he's crazy. He's making it up. He wants attention. I'm <sighs> just going to blow it off. Um, you don't blow stuff like that off. That's already a villain happening. So, let's get into his story. Thomas Quick was actually born Stuart Bergwell. Stuart Bergwell. Stuart. S-T-U-R-E. R-E. Uh, Stuart. Not Stuart. Oh. Stuart. Don't think I've heard it that way. <coughs> Continue. So, anywho, as he grew up, he became stranger by the moment. The kind of strange that make people stay away from you, or at least limit their contact... Like, less of the, ew, he's weird, and more like the, oh, God, I'm getting bad vibes from this guy. Yeah, like, we want to avoid this dude because there's just something off about him, right? He's probably going to turn his head 180 degrees and say, hi, how you doing? Yeah, like Linda Blair from uh, Exorcist. So uh, he, Wrong 180. Uh, okay, whichever. He was born in 1950 in Fallen, Sweden, which is a big market town that grew rich off of copper and gold mining. 
The mines were closed down in the 80s, and it's now considered a tourist destination. It focuses on its rich history. Of slavery. Sorry. <laughs> Quick was one of, the, one of a set of twins and one of seven children. His father was a clerk at a local office, and his mother worked for a local school. He said that his mother tried to love all of her kids the best that she could, but with seven kids... I think it'd be easy to feel left out. Yeah, your attention's already spread so thin. Right, you got seven freaking kids, and apparently they didn't know how that shit happened. Yeah, you're you're already getting your attention spread thin with just one kid. Seven? Seven of them. Like seven. And they didn't even have good drugs at the time for pharmaceuticals, you know what I mean? (laughs) Shit. I mean, there was always booze. His father suffered from depression, and behind closed doors, he was actually a very abusive man. When, when Quick, and that's what we're going to call him, because that's why he changed his name to. When Quick was a teenager, and still known as Stuart Bergwell, he had a bad reputation for touching other boys in very inappropriate ways. So this was a thing since he was a kid, right? Oh, yeah. Gross. That's why I said on the other one, I can see how it would develop as a kid. Uh, okay, now I'm yeah. seeing it. Ha-ha. That was yesterday's episode that was for yesterday's those that episode. weren't there. When he was 15 years old, he was expelled from school for holding down one of the smaller, younger kids and putting his finger in his ass. What the? F- uh-huh. Okay, continue. Oh, no. um, I don't think you should continue yet. I need to process that. At the time, he tried to uh, strangle the smaller boy to death. This all came to a boil when Stuart molested a boy at an amusement park. The parents of the molested boy told Stuart's father and mother his father called him a little bog, which means faggot in Swedish. Fun. He said that he was ashamed of him and wished that he had never been born. Well, with seven kids, you're going to wish that some of them weren't born. It was in northern. Uh, it was in a northern Swedish village in 1976 that 15-year-old Charles. I'm going to fuck this up. Zelmanovich. Zelmanovich? Something like that. Was leaving a school dance. What he didn't know was that he wouldn't be his last. That it would be his last. That dance would be. Charles vanished without a trace. Everyone had their thoughts on what happened to Charles. He ran away. He was abducted by a child molester. On and on. It was in 1993 that that a hunter came upon his remains in the wood. Well... What was left of him? Definitely what was left. Probably a bit of bone, a little rotting flesh. And it seems like some of the bones are gone. Well, Thomas was the only son of Ollie Blurgren and his wife, Roberta Th- uh, Thomas. Uh, wait a minute. Thomas was the only... Okay, Thomas was the only son of Ollie Blum- Blumgren and his <laughs> wife, Roberta. Oh, wait, Ollie... What? Blumgren. Blumgren. Oh, that's an unfortunate name. It probably is pretty common there. But. Yeah, it's a Swedish name. They're like, yeah, hey, we have 100 Blumgrens. It's like the American version of Smith. Smith or uh, John, like first names. So Thomas went to a fair on Saturday and went missing sometime around 10 p.m. that night on his way home. This is a totally different victim, right? Yep. Thomas's parents called the cops, but they didn't start to look for him until about Sunday. Like the 24-hour weird Right. Rule. Yeah. He was found on Tuesday by a maintenance man dead in a shed. He was found laying on his stomach with his pants down. The autopsy showed that he had been raped. 
He also had both sperm and fecal matter in his mouth. Ugh. This was in 1964 before DNA matching was a thing. 19 what? 1964. Okay. It appeared that his killer had also spent some time with Thomas uh, after he was already dead, keeping the party going. Let that sink in for a minute, boys and girls. By the late 1960, Bergwell was 19 years old, and his life was on a downhill spiral. He'd been kicked out of school. He had spent most of his time hanging out and sniffing solvents to get high. He was also openly gay, which at the time in Sweden was, like I said, a mental disorder, like you're fucking crazy because you want to suck a dick. Like it was essentially a crime at the time. Not a crime. They're like, yeah, he's crazy because he likes guys and he wants to blow dudes. Guys aren't supposed to fuck other guys. They're supposed to fuck many women. Like, what the fuck? That's probably where most of the macho comes from. I agree. Like we were talking about last episode. Thinking that he needed to get his shit together, he got himself a job at a local hospital. And it makes me wonder if he wanted the job or victims, but we'll get to that. It wasn't long after working there that he went into a young boy's room. He sodomized this young cancer patient, and if that wasn't bad enough, he tried to strangle him to death. The young boy only lived because a night guard heard the commotion coming from the boy's room and caught Bergwell in the act. Could you remind me what sodomize means? Molesting him. Okay. I keep forgetting these words because I don't hear them every day. Gotcha. Yeah, so I keep forgetting. Continue. So, when the cops looked into the background, they found that he already had a past. He already had a history of molesting little boys and trying to strangle them. Although Bergwell tried to rape and kill this 11-year-old cancer patient, he never went to jail for his crime. The kid died before he could be investigated, so Bergwell went free. Then there was Johan... Aspund. A S P U N D. Aspund. Aspund. He was a 16 year old boy. He was hanging out with some friends and then went outside to wait for his parents to come pick him up. He disappeared without a trace as well. This one on November 7th of 1980. That's when he vanished. This was a high profile case and was heavily covered by the media in Sweden. With the string of disappearances in the area, the public began to really think that Sweden had its very first serial killer on the loose. Or that they had a serial killer, sorry, on at the least, loose. At least one serial killer. There could be two, maybe three. Who knows? It was now that he was 19 years old that Bergwell found love. He fell in love with a much older man. However, his lover killed himself just two months after they got uh, started getting serious with each other. It wasn't too long after a Norwegian couple came to visit. They were all geared up to go camping. Mirnus and Jenny, fucking damn German names. Stegenhaus. Stegenhaus? S-T-E-G-E-H-U-I-S. We're going to go with Stegenhaus. Yeah, let's go with that because I, I don't know these names much more than you do. They were 42 and 37 years old, and they were on their third day of camping. That is when they were attacked while in their tent. Marinus was stabbed through the tent with a knife, and then the killer came into the tent and stabbed Janny. 
After stabbing the couple, the killer used Manus, Man, Marinus's body for his own sexual needs. It was in 1980 that Lanhart Hogland was in a gay nightclub. You know, probably listening to some BGs, doing some Boogie Fever. Nothing? No disco references? Fine. No, I don't know much about that era. Disco is never dead. Disco's alive and well. I'm sorry, but Disco's dead. If no, no I'm Disco Inferno in it. it that, if the young generation doesn't know what it is. That means um, the young generation is retarded. It's dead. That's where he met a guy, and after a few drinks, he went back to his place for some late night loving. And then he strangled him to death. Evidence indicates that he was stabbed in the back while having sex. Close enough. Bergwell was arrested shortly after that. Instead of putting him back in jail, however, they put him in a mental institution that was the same one that he was in before. So basically they said, oh, he's gay, so I mean, it must be crazy. Well, he was in a mental institution before, remember? Yeah, but I'm saying like this time, oh, he's gay, so he must be crazy. Because you said that earlier that... Those crazy gay guys, Jesus Christ, they're just so crazy and rainbows and unicorn farts and everything. Nowadays, that means something else entirely. My buddy that I work with... Yeah? He reminded me that I missed the gay par- the gay pride party. <laughs> Charles? So must have been a pain in the ass then. He goes, hey, we didn't see you at that gay pride. And I said, no, nah, man, it was wet and raining. I'm not even gay. But I support it. I mean, because and, and here's my reason, boys and girls, whether you support it or not, I don't I don't care is love is love, man. And that's all I got to say about it. It's none of our business who someone else loves. That's all I got to say about that. So it was 1980. The Lanard Hogland was, in a, like I said, a gay nightclub. And that is where he met a guy who went back. Okay, evidence indicated he was stabbed in the back. It got to that part. Bergwell was arrested went back to the nut hut. By this time, Bergwell had uh, amassed a long history of murder, rape, molestation. The list goes on and on. So he decided that he shouldn't be let loose back on the streets, which is a good move. The dude's, like, he's crazy crazy. Not like gay crazy, but like the dude's like legit fucking crazy crazy. He's also fucking and murdering and raping. What a fucking murderer. By the end of the 1970s, Sweden was going through some changes. Ch-ch-ch-changes turn and face the... days. it? I can't remember the lyrics now. Never mind. They went from right-wing, uh, right-wing-led country to a far left-wing. It was in the 1980s that a doctor named Margaret Norwell introduced a new therapy plan a new therapy plan where patients would undergo hypnosis in their therapy sessions to help them deal with any repressed memories and, you know, shit like that. Yeah. She wanted them to figure out why they were criminals. Her whole deal was that people are not bad. They commit crimes because of trauma from their childhood. People are not born bad. They just become bad. Okay, I disagree. And let me tell you why. Some people... Some people, there's a catalyst, and we were talking about them on, on the last episode. Um, you know, like they're molested, point. or you know, their their mom and dad were were assholes, or or something like that. But there's some people that we've done, and I'll go back to Craig Price. That parents are fucking upstanding citizens. They're great people. They're hard workers. They're building a life. They're 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 overcoming diversity, and then their kid is just a 
fucking dickhead. Yeah, I was only clarifying because that's what I was hearing when you were saying that they're not always bad. That's what I heard, at least. What from what you were saying about that uh, therapist or whatever you said? No, okay, well, the chick. She was at least trying to say, yeah, they're not born bad; they're just made bad. At least that's how I'm interpreting it. Yeah, that's how she's thinking of it. Yeah. Okay, so Bergwell got put in the nut hut around the same time that they were implementing these new techniques. After some treatments, they released him back into the world, deeming he was not a threat. Run along, little Bergwell. You are fine now. You are fine. You're totally not going to rape another kid and then slaughter them. Yeah. In Oslo, Norway, Trine Jensen was going home after visiting her boyfriend. She was last seen stepping off a train and walking. Several witnesses said that they saw her talking to a guy in a car. This was in October of 81. She was found in the snow a week later, well-preserved and frozen, but in the snow and dead. She had been raped anally, but her vagina had not been touched. This was confusing to investigators, and it would be me too. Like, hey, why are you just butt-raping him and not like, you know, if you're going to rape, you would think. You're going to go for all the holes. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, no holds barred. <laughs> what do you got to lose? You're already raping. And I'm just now thinking, like, ew, coochie. Just go for the booty. <laughs> yes, I know that I'm jumping around and around on the timeline, by the way. But trust me, There's this a will point all to make it. sense soon. It all makes sense at the end. By 1999, uh, Bergwell was living as an outpatient from, mental, from the mental asylum. He, it was around this time that he would commit his most horrific crimes. Yes, it gets worse. Oh, boy. Kind of like Billy Mays. But wait, there's more. But, but wait. wait, there's more. There's more, and it gets worse. For a limited time, you can buy two rape victims for the price of one. Disgusting. <laughs> That's fucked. I'm sorry, everybody. See, you see, he and an accomplice broke into a house. As Bergwell held the wife and their son at knife point, his partner took the husband to an ATM machine to withdraw their money. While his partner was gone, though, Bergwell made the mother watch as he molested her young child who was only seven years old. Oh, that's fucked. Bergwell was caught on vi a video camera and arrested then a day later. He was thrown back in the same institution that he was released from where, they would re where he would remain uh, this time forever. Forever, forever. So he's gone in there now four times, right? I think it's three or four. Three or four, one or two. Yeah, I think we're on third. Third. Yeah, so the third time's a charm. That's fucked, but like, gotta make the joke. So, Gray Stovic was a hooker. She knew her occupation could be dangerous. She was 23 years old when she was attacked and murdered. She was found with her pants down and, once again, anally raped. She was also stabbed to death and uh, as she was being raped. It's truly a sick guy. Therese Johansson was a cute little nine-year-old girl. She had an adorable smile with two teeth missing after losing her baby teeth with dark hair cut short. Unfortunately, her life was cut shorter than her hair. Therese that, had that's been metal as fuck. I, it's it's fucked up, but that that the way you said that's metal as fuck. Therese had just gotten out of school and she was standing. Uh, on an embankment waiting for a bus so that she could go home. Detectives believe that there was someone behind her, maybe hiding, and pulled her down. 
She was never found, nor was any part of her body. She vanished like smoke in the wind. Whoosh. The community turned out in droves to look for this little girl, searching every inch of the area where she vanished for a clue. But they found nothing. And I mean, I, there's videos of them sifting through dirt. And there's just, and she's just like dust. Dust, gone. No, nothing. Just they, nothing. They didn't find a hair, a fiber, a tear, nothing. And I was thinking while you're going through this uh, victim list, at some point, he stopped doing it for the thrill, and I think he's just now doing it just to get off. Well, yeah, that's his whole thing. His whole thing is rape. It's not even sex. It's rape. Yeah, like, at some point, it's just, like, at first, it's, like, mad and thrill, like, first two, three times. But now, at this point, like, victim number however many is just trying to get off. So Fuck, st- a fucked up way of getting off, but... Not true. Stir Bergwell, now knowing that he will never see the outside of the walls of the mental institution, changed his name to... Thomas Quick. He even mentioned to a nurse that he thought that it would be a good name for a serial killer. Quick was his mother's maiden name. Bergwell was 41 years old at the time he changed his name. It was at this... It, it, it was at one of his daily therapy sessions while getting in touch with his uh, repressed memories. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind that I said that that way. He admitted, quote, quote unquote, suppressed memories. Yeah. That he would admit that when he was 14 years old, he murdered another boy. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Then he went on in detail uh, that he anally raped the boy and put his penis in every hole that he could find on the boy. His shrink was shocked and really didn't believe him at the time. So he asked Quick for the boy's name. Quick said, Thomas Lundgren, who we were just talking about. That was one of the first ones, right? That was the boy from earlier that was found in the shed. Yeah. So, when the doctors contacted police, they were all in shock. Wow, it was this guy? Yeah. Well, here's this old cold case that baffled police for years and years, and all of a sudden, it's dropped in their laps, you know, by a nut job in a mental hospital that's under hypnosis. Yeah, it was me. I did the thing to the thing. Oh, yeah. Well, although this is, this, is, this case was past the Sweden's statute of limitations, they questioned Quick, and his answers were spot on. He knew things about the case that were never released to the public. That details being that he put his penis into the kid's mouth after anally raping him. Ugh, I, I just still making me grossed out. A little poopy taste? When the, when the police took another look at Quick's police record, they found, uh, they, they once again discovered that for as long as he's been able to get a hard-on, he has been trying to rape and kill little boys. So this is like an inherent thing. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's, this, this dude's on it, right? It's super gross, too, mind you. The cops were about to find out one small detail, though. They were about to discover that the boy in the shed was just the beginning of what Quick had to say. Next time as Quick would admit to another of Sweden's famous cases, the murder of Johan Aspund. He went into great <laughs> detail about every, everything that he did to the young 16-year-old boy. He said that he anally raped him and then put his penis in the boy's mouth and then stabbed him in the heart with a knife as he raped him again. Then he cut him up ate part of him, and scattered his remains all over the forest. 
Quick even told them where they could find his body. Well, as police, led by Quick, walked the area where Quick said that he scattered the boy's body, he broke down sobbing. While they never found the, bo- the body, it was a big win for, C- for Swedish psycho- psychotherapists. And the cops as well, because one of Sweden's longest-running cold cases was now solved. As time went on, the cops and the therapists thought that they could make some good headway in some cases, so they worked with Quick to find out what he knew and what he would say while under hypnosis. The next victim that came up was, remember, Charles Zemanoff? Zelman? Zelmanovitz. Take a moment. You Fuck good? my life. All right, what was it again? Charles Zelmanovitz. Zeman. Yeah, I, it's a toughie. Zelmanovitz. So he was that fifteen-year-old that that disappeared after leaving the school dance in nineteen seventy-six. Yeah, that one. Quick said that he was driving up the road and he saw Charles. Quick pulled off to the side of the road and raised the hood so that it looked like he was having car problems. When Charles stopped and asked him if he needed help, Quick bashed him in the face using the side of the car when he threw him in the back seat and then threw him in the back seat. Yikes, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Then he uh, sped off to find a place to finish his dirty deeds. And they weren't done dirt cheap. I knew you were going to go for that one. You got the ACDC reference? Of course. Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. D4C. How about dirty deeds done with sheep? That's just what we were doing in the truck. You're not right. You need Jesus. Velcro gloves and the rubber boots. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> he drove Charles into the woods, and after raping him, he stabbed the kid in the heart. Quick said that the last words the boy spoke was mother before he died. Mother. Ugh. Quick had sex with his corpse, cut him up, ate part of him, and left the rest for the animals to have. Ugh. The most vile animal in the woods that night, honestly, was it, him. It was quick. Yeah, a it, sick, vile creature that knows no limits when it comes to playing his games and fulfilling his darkest desires. Hunting for sport. His lustful tastes carry the price tag of life. That's a little something I wrote. <laughs> Hunting for sport like a cat. At this point, therapists and cops were talking on the TV to the news and on talk shows saying that they found out the secret to stopping the madness of crime itself. The secret was kindness and understanding. The media and the public were listening and they ate it up like a starving man on a 12-course meal. The best quote that I've heard when it comes uh, to Thomas Quick is uh, from a YouTuber. His channel, oh yeah, his channel is called Dead Bug Says. And by the way, if you have a chance to check out Dead Bug Says, it's an amazing channel. It's uh, it's definitely entertaining. I, I like his presentation a lot. Let me look real quick. Dead Bug Says? Uh-huh. But I'm going to read my shit, so. Go for it. So, Dead Bug, Dead Bug Said, Quick was singing like a retard with a Mr. Microphone on Christmas Day. <laughs> that is my favorite quote. And he actually uses it on several of his videos. And I got to tell you, I fucking love it. Because I'm going to use that for every confession killer that we do from now on. When they yeah. confess, he was singing like a retard with a Mr. Microphone on Christmas Day. There's one of the one of the recent ones in here by Deadbug. says, Death by LGBTQ, number four. Ah, yeah, I, I saw that one. And this just prefaced, 
Because they kill just like us. And, mm-hmm. like, I like that. Oh, you got to listen to him. Seriously, listen to him. If you, if yeah, I'll save it to uh, watch later, and I might have some thoughts for next week if I'm on again. Well, check this out. He was enjoying his fame and all of his special treatment that he was getting. He got to leave the hospital. He was taken out to restaurants for meals. Uh, he was even, even given a computer with an Internet connection so that he could use it while he was in the hospital. Needless to say, he was treated like a king. Oh, I remember. I remember this one. He was taken out every day where the, uh, where the killings and, and disappearances had happened. And Quick would show them, uh, show them in great detail what happened. How he killed them, raped them, and cut up the bodies. Yeah, I remember you uh, telling us about this while you were writing it. Yeah, Thomas Quick, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> well, this dude was holding nothing back. Like he was just <coughs> sending detail after detail oh, yeah, out. Diary of the Mouth. Diary of the Mouth. Quick became a celebrity of sorts and became known as Sweden's Hannibal Lecter. In Lecter's voice, I always think to myself, by the way, tell me, Clarice, are the lambs still screaming? (laughs) In each of the murders that Quick found uh, in his repressed memories, the details became more and more graphic, giving the cops details that only the killer could have known with great precision. But... Not everyone was buying what Quick was selling to the cops and to his shrinks. Like, they were probably thinking, eh, this guy's laying out too much information too willingly. Well, a few like people that. started to think that as Quick went out every night, followed by the news crews to where he had attacked the victims, that he was turning it into a circus, basically entertaining. It was almost like Quick was playing uh, to the camera, like an actor in a blood-splattered play. It was almost like he could pull up his repressed memories on demand. The only thing was, no one could really question the results. He solved the cases of a couple that were, you know, uh, of the couple that were murdered in their tent while camping. Uh, that was uh, Miranus and Jenny Struhas. If I'm pronouncing that right. You're probably told, not. Let's probably be honest not. here. He even told the cops what kind of beer that he was drinking while he was uh, uh, during the murders. He even told them that he had left his glasses at the crime scene, and that uh, and that had not been released to the public that they'd found glasses. The cops had in fact found a pair of glasses when they first investigated the murder. Well, by 1998, Thomas Quick had confessed to 30. Four murders, yet they never had found any of the remains that were left behind. Now, after researching serial killers, I know that there should be some bones or something left behind. Even when I, when, when I covered the Highway 20 killer, John Arthur Aykroyd, there were bones left behind, and although the skull was found 100 yards away from the, uh, the remains... It was still there. Yeah, the facts still remains... Even years of after with exposure and animal and insect activity, there years were still de- remains left behind. After years of degradation, and it's still there. So, while he confessed to 34 murders, he was only charged with eight. It seemed like there was no one to really question the obvious question, which was, where is the actual evidence that proves that Thomas Quick committed these crimes? Yes, they had his confession, and he That's even it. knew some of the details that only the killer 
uh, would know, but no one was really looking for evidence that would prove that he was dude. Right, that Thomas Quick wasn't being a quick con man. Or if he wasn't getting fed information beforehand or something like that. There's nothing like that. So, while there was some accuracy to the murders and the confessions to, that that they confessed to, there was also some huge errors as well. One of those errors being, remember little nine-year-old Therese Johansson? Yeah. uh, Who he claimed that he pulled down and she was uh, waiting for the bus after school? He claimed that uh, he thought that he had a little boy and was attracted to his long blonde hair. Well, Therese had short dark hair. Yeah, I was about to say, she was the one with uh, the short brown hair. Right. Her father was Pakistani, and there wasn't a blonde hair to be found in that fucking family tree. Best you could get is a gray hair. (laughs) In 2008, a TV crew came to visit Thomas Quick at the mental hospital. Quick was his normal self. Unleashing and recounting all the crimes that he had spent so much time helping the police solve. Here's a question for everyone to think about, by the way. Have you ever had a computer tablet or a phone have a glitch while you're doing something on it? I uh, think that we all have. We've all had that happen to us, right? Yeah, I've, I've had a few instances like that myself. Yeah, where all of a sudden you're... you're your electronic device goes, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Yeah, like my phone before I started, well, while I was working at one of my first jobs. First job, actually. Um, was that being a hooker? Maybe. A gay prostitute? Uh, my screen blacked out entirely. This phone still worked and all that. Why does it got to be black? Stop. I said blanked. Blanked. I said blanked. You said blacked. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, my first, in- like... That's just the most uh, vibrant instance I can think of right now. My phone uh, blacked out, and it just didn't work, and I had to get it replaced. Check this out. Likely it was for free. (laughs) Maybe that's what happened to our Mr. Quick. During an interview, he stopped and said, ready for this? Let me quote this, boys and girls. Listen up. (coughs) Drum roll. What if I made it all up? Would I still get to keep my computer and my internet connection? In 2008, after being interviewed for a documentary, Thomas Quick recanted his confession to 39 murders. (coughs) He admitted that he only did it for the attention and the other perks that he was getting. Like the computer and internet. And honestly, I can't can't say that I blame him. Keep in mind that Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole... (coughs) Sorry, dying over here. Scott's over here (laughs) having an allergy reaction to all the pollen and dust in the air. It's it's terrible out there. It's terrible. It's it's like the trees are assassins. And they're trying to kill Scotty and Scotty alone. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Whoever else dies along the way, eh, free money. So we're talking about Otis and Tool, right? The only difference is in in, in Otis and Tool, Lucas and Tool's case. Take a moment to clear your throat. Tool was a day late and a dollar short. Henry Lee Lucas received the same treatment that Thomas Quick did, although Henry Lee admitted that he lied about the cases and that he lied about up fr- he that he lied about up front after leading the cops on a wild goose chase. Quack quack. Or it would be more like a Hong Kong. Right. So Thomas Quick finally admitted to it and Henry Lee Lucas did it kinda like this. Okay, I buried this uh this body underneath Interstate ten. And then they dig up the interstate, right, where he said, oh, maybe I didn't do that. Then he'd give him one that he really did do. 
Thomas Quick is considered Sweden's first serial killer, or at least he was considered that. He was considered it at the time. Uh, as time goes on, he, there might have been another one. <coughs> is that what you're trying to get at? Or is, we'll was he just the first one? Sorry, guys. I'm fucking dying. Do you need to pause your I do. I got to take a hit off my inhaler. I'm sweating my balls off. It's getting really toasty up here. There's tons of pollen in the air. Consider okay. Did he kill anyone? I think that he has killed before. The basis on his history of molesting boys and trying to strangle them at the time, that's what tells me that. His history shows a deep-seated past that is full of um, aggressive behavior that he has cultivated since puberty. It seems like he, what he, what got him off was taking what was not his. He got off on forced sex and death, or at least attempting to kill his victims. I can't seem to remember. Did any of the ones that you talked about today survive? No. No. Okay. We can blame his parents if you choose to go that route. We can say that his mother didn't have the time to give him the love and support that he needed so badly as a child. We can stand up and say that his father was an abusive monster who beat the kids and probably beat his wife as well. We can blame the Swedish society at the time, saying that if they only accepted homosexuals as they did everyone else, Quick would have been just fine. I myself say that it comes down to Struer Bergwell a.k.a. Thomas Quick himself. There's something wrong with his brain on the fundamental level. Let's start with the risk factors. He attempted to rape at least four different boys in places where he was sure to get caught. One at the school where uh, he held down the smaller, younger boy and tried to rape him and strangle him. Yep. Okay. Then there was a boy at the amusement park whose parents told Quick about uh, him molesting their son son that's where his father called him a bog which means faggot or Fag. something close to that in swedish yep then there was the 11 year old cancer patient they tried to rape and strangle while a worker in the hospital uh while he worked at a hospital that one's still one of the most fucked up ones right personally. when he was like 19 years old yeah and the child was saved by a security guard and just uh, barely yeah and then quick tried to rape the kid in his own fucking room that's just Jack, man. Then there's the boy that he molested while making his mother watch while he broke into their house. That was when he worked with an accomplice. And while his partner was away with the husband, Tommy boy wanted to play. The risks that were taken alone should point to the, a mind that is unfit and really to be left out of society to be left out in society because it, it is one that cannot seem to control the urges that it, that he has. I don't mean the sexual urges. I mean the urge to, uh, the, the urge, no, need to rape and strangle. The good part is that he did, that he did in places where he got caught four times. The bad part is that he was either released from the mental hospital or not prosecuted at all for his crimes. For all we know, he could have been doing it even more in between. And he probably did. There's probably a shit ton that we don't know about. That he didn't get caught out for or anything like that. 
And that's we went over that earlier in the episode. Well, I'm sure that his uh, that his life at home wasn't a good one. That you know, given that his father thought of him as a faggot. This was at a time where if you were gay, then you were obviously you obviously had mental issues. As I said before, yeah, if you were gay, you were fundamentally wrong. Like not just wrong in the correct sense, just like wrong in the fundamental sense. And kids seem to adapt to new behaviors that support their parents' train of thought. I can see that perhaps at least one of his siblings called him a bog, as well as made fun of him. That would make sense. Seven kids, you know, one's going to call you names. There's nothing that I've found as of yet that would indicate that he was sexually abused in any way. And that, and that to me, is a bit confusing and unique. In most cases, when it comes to sexual predators, we can track it back to uh, to the predator. We can track it back to the predator, him to the, or herself being victimized. To the predator's uh, past. Right. Like the predator was victimized and they carried on, right? Yep. And and turn and in turn going from victim to predator of sexual deviance. In this case, nothing points in that direction. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm just saying that nothing has been said about it in the case. There's just no details out for sure. Right. You would think he would come out and say, well, when I was a kid, you know, like Uncle Bob butt-fucked me or whatever. When I was a kid, Uncle Bob put his thumb and middle finger up my butt and used me like a puppet. Jesus, fucking chill out over there. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I can't have you on the show, man. Hey, Jesus. you're talking about child fuckers. Child killers, even. Jesus. I'm allowed to make a couple puppet jokes. I would think that he would have said something in all those sessions in therapy that he had on a daily basis, by the way, if he had been molested. Yeah, it was daily, huh? Uh-huh. There were other things that were not mentioned as, as much as well, such as any drug use. It wasn't high, it was just sniffing solvents. I would think that there would have been a history of at least that outside of huffing solvents when he was younger. In the end, maybe he was a lonely guy with low self-esteem that had limited social skills and a bad brain. No matter what, there's no excuse for what he did. There's also no excuse for him being released back into society with his history they said that maybe he was just misunderstood i say that he was a sick fuck that should have been locked up like an ant like the animal like the fucking animal that he was that he is because he's still alive he's still alive holy shit okay yeah he's probably an old crinkly man probably still wanting little boys too all right remember you can send us an email at brutal nation TwistedBlueLLC.com. Uh, Check before out the- you uh, shut off, I have a couple of thoughts. Oh, that happens. Okay, go for it. <laughs> you know, it always happens. And I lost the thoughts. I had them, and I lost them. Overall, I do think that it was a mix of all the effect, all of his home factors. We went over that, like being called a fag by multiple different people, father and society in general, like being fundamentally wrong and all that. I think it was a mix of all that that fed into it but there had been other catalysts that aren't but that aren't the, the details aren't there we don't know for I, sure i gotta disagree with you let me tell you why because he was doing this prior to his dad calling him a bog yeah i'm not entirely sure all the details and all that i'm not sure if there are any details say pointing hey 
This is what happened. We we know what we know, and we've covered most of it, if not all, today. True. So it could have been. It could have been, but probably wasn't what I'm going at. That's more or less all that I have was thinking. <coughs> I was going to say it earlier, but we wanted to get through the episode. That's right. I remember you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs, just type in at Brutal Nation. We should bop right up, get the full story without any of my bullshit. Check out our Patreon page, because every little tiny bit helps. Also, we do have a YouTube page. Why don't you type in uh, at, you know, just look for Brutal Nation. It's a little slideshow. I make it entertaining. We, all the photos pop up contextually, so let's say the corpse of a victim, that'll pop up while we're talking about it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that, that's all uh, dealt with, and you'll have some viewing pleasure. I like viewing pleasure. You like porn. We, do, we know this. No, I like Tammy's mom. She sends me pictures all the time. This show's copyrighted 2022 <laughs> by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And guess what, boys and girls? We will catch you tomorrow. Tom- uh, not tomorrow. I'm sorry. I'm Monday. Yeah, not not tomorrow. We don't no. have any episodes planned for that day. No, we don't. That's no, fantastic. Don't. All right. You guys have yourselves a good weekend. Remember, keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down. Don't rape anybody. And we'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye. Have a good night, everybody.